Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey, and welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 151 with Brian Kaplan. And in today's conversation, we're going to dig into the rise and fall of lumber, among other material costs and supply chain delays, and just some good conversation and takeaways and some things that you can be doing, should be doing. Brian's got some good thoughts, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. Also, just a reminder that if you are not a member of Builder Funnel Academy, highly recommend you go check that out. It is over at builderfunnelacademy.com. And you can also shoot us a quick email over at radio at builderfunnel.com and we can get you a link, some more info, or just answer any questions you have about that. All right. Without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. Hey, Brian. Glad to have you back on the show. Hey, Spencer. Always a pleasure. Well, before we get into it, what's new on your end? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always uh, it's always an adventure, you know, just working away and uh, keep trying to keep tabs on what's happening in the industry. And I know that we're going to get in some good discussion on kind of what we're seeing in the landscape right now. But uh, yeah, all is well. It's balmy eighty degrees here in Toronto, and you know, middle of summer, and and kind of loving it. So that's all that's good. tough to beat. Yeah, no, that sounds good. <laughs> Brian and I get together about once a month and kind of share share ideas and everything. And we were, I don't know, the topic of like material costs and supply chain and this small topic that nobody's thinking about right now. But it came, it came up earlier on our Builder Funnel Academy Q&A call. Like people were just asking like, what are people doing? What are they seeing? And man, it was like somebody would ask a question. Everyone would just kind of be like, oh, you know, it just, <laughs> I think it's, it's just getting draining. But I guess, you know, obviously material costs are kind of all over the board, but just at a like macro level, I'm curious, like, what are you seeing or maybe what are you hearing from some of your clients about what's going on now as even compared to like 30, 60 days ago? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's like when, when this whole pandemic started, obviously, like the information, everything was changing, what it seemed like on the hour. And you know, for the longest time, you know, we've just seen lumber and other commodity goods just continue to increase in price. And now it just seems to be like literally throwing darts against the wall. You don't know what you're going to see the next day that you wake up and speaking with people all over the country, not just my clients, but the people that I speak with just in regular calls. There's differences across, you know, getting windows is a big one right now that, that I'm hearing. And that's really a problem on the supply chain. But then, yeah, then I saw a picture today on Instagram from a builder that, that I follow and I chat with and, you know, plywood's down to $58 a sheet, you know, from 97, not too long ago, like you said, 30, 60 days ago, like literally 30 days ago, like he posted a picture where it was like probably $108 a sheet. So it's remarkable what's happening, but it's really, as a remodeler or custom home builder, it's really tough to keep tabs on what's happening in that when you're estimating a project, and consistently selling projects becomes really difficult to figure out how to like quantify all that and stay on top of it all. It feels like it's just a nightmare because there's the whole communication piece of the customer. There's like, how do you protect yourself? How do you plan for some of these things? And then some of the things you just can't plan for right now because they are yeah. changing so quickly. So I guess what are some just initial 
thoughts or maybe ideas or things that you've seen in terms of, let's talk about it, communicating with a customer, because yeah. I feel like, you know, there's two sides. There's how, how do I just deal with these issues, but then how do I actually like sell a customer on, Hey, <laughs> this project could look very different than I'm pitching you. <laughs> yeah. It is a great question because the truth is even outside of like this, you know, crazy sort of commodities, almost like it's like a pinball machine. Is what it feels like. Even outside of that, you know, over the years, the cost of things will change consistently and things will change during the life cycle of a project. Like if you're doing a larger scale project, you're probably meeting somebody a year before you actually break ground or demolish something if you're doing like an actual addition or something like that. So the truth is that the moment from when you price it or you actually sign that estimate after going through pre-construction to the moment that you actually purchase certain things that are in that estimate, like, you know, we look at more on the finishing side, like tiles and, you know, hardwood flooring and cabinetry and countertops and stuff like that. So much can change in that time period. So I think there's something to be said that, you know, in, in any sort of time period outside of a pandemic, there's the need for communication for people to understand that, you know, what we're signing today may not necessarily be the exact cost later on. And that's tough, especially for you fixed cost builders out there, because you are selling the job at a fixed sum, as you know, and, you know, a homeowner's hearing, I'm getting this entire scope of work for this, you know, bag of money. And when that bag of money has some flex to it, it's hard in the fixed cost side. The cost plus side is a little bit different because it is cost plus. And yes, we have to have a budget. We are obviously creating something that's as accurate as possible for for people so they understand what they're getting into before they get into it. That said, it's kind of like the gamut's open here, especially with what we've seen. So I think the the communication has to be open and honest. And I think it's it's one of those things that's really tough to navigate I think it's almost like a case by case basis. Hard to say, you know, well, one size fits all approach here because it's changed so dramatically. Like if, you know, lumber being you know, $108 a sheet for ply 30 days ago versus 58 today. And if it goes the other way, I mean, that just the flex there is massive. And I think there's already, from a homeowner perspective, not a lack of trust, but, you know, there's genuinely skewed to a lack of trust in builders and remodelers and all of that. And, and that's an unfortunate thing that's in our industry, but we're all trying to change. But that doesn't help <laughs> if we're yeah. seeing a, you know, if, if basically materials doubling, you know, or shrinking by half kind of thing or shrinking by 100%, you know, in, in the same time period, it's kind of, it doesn't instill a lot of confidence, that's for sure. So I think, you know, it's open and honest communication much more difficult on the fixed cost side. That's where we start to get into different clauses in our contracts and things like that. But you know, it is as open and honest as we can be with our clients. I think that's got to be the direction to head in. Like you said, maybe there's not one perfect answer for everyone out there, but got to be more transparent and just communicating and upfront too before you sign those deals so people don't, you know, it's like, well, it was hidden in the contract somewhere. Yeah. No, I would yeah. like highlight that. But yeah, we were we had our Builder Funnel Academy live QA call this week. And one of the the guys in there was saying basically they're I think they're fixed price and and so they they have that, but they also are basically saying, hey, if if this, if lumber jumps, mm-hmm. like you basically you have to cover the cost. We're not going to mark it up. You're literally just paying the difference in whatever the material cost is. I thought that was an interesting way to do it. Like, hey, that probably to your point, that might work in some situations, but it's still, you know, on the yeah. customer side, there's that unknown of like, well, I'm signing into this big thing and all these prices could go up. And 
if they go up high enough, like I may not want to do this project anymore, but it's like once you're halfway into it and you actually start seeing those cost changes. Like, yeah. You let people out, like, are they out the money? Yeah. Like it just gets messy. <laughs> it, get, it definitely gets messy. And I think, you know, that concept is kind of like people that I've spoken with and you know, we started to do that. Now I've worked both on the fixed cost side and cost plus side, but, you know, working in the fixed cost side, we used to, you know, move certain things that had a lot of volatility into the cash allowance side. So that's kind of a strategy there that I think it's sounds like one of your one of your membership people were were talking about, which is saying, if this has some volatility to it above X percent, then you're going to pay the difference. So we're kind of moving that to a cash allowance. And a lot of people I know have done that over the past 16 months. You know, I these types of events are awful, of course, like the pandemic's been terrible for a lot of people. It's really changed the landscape of a lot of different industries and businesses, but there are you know, some lessons learned here. And I think what I've seen is I've seen a lot of people use these commodities that have a lot of volatility, move them into the cash allowance side. You know, you look at a custom home builder or even a community builder, we were just chatting about before we hopped on, but you, know, you look at a custom home builder that's got, let's say the lumber package is typically $150,000. You look at what happened over the past 16 months, that $150,000 package became $380,000 pretty easily. If you sign a fixed cost agreement, and that was six months before that price was now 258% higher or something like that. I mean, there's just a massive amount. So I saw a lot of people say it's fixed, but there are these cash allowances now. Yeah, I like that. That's a good approach. And I mean, yeah, I think that's a good lesson learned. Like moving forward, if you if you haven't put in some of these clauses or, you know, made some of these adjustments, you know, it's it's not too late because we're probably still going to be in this for a while. What are those like? tactical additions to contracts that you've seen like price escalation are there other ones or yeah what have you seen people doing yeah you know in general and and I always say this that you know things like price escalation clauses and cash allowances like these terms are not new these have been around since I was started in the business in 1999 the reality is this has definitely come to the forefront in the past 16 months because we, just of what we've seen so these are definitely things that we want to have in there but just going up a level there and saying just in broader strokes, you always want to define the cost of work in your contract. So that is a section that if you don't have, it's really important. doesn't matter if you're doing fixed price or you're doing cost plus. Cost of work is a really important section. Get specific and define what that means, right? Make it very clear for people. So this is kind of like that communication piece. And kind of like what you said a second ago, which I was thinking about, don't make the burden of like knowledge, You know, don't put it on your client, explain it to them. And that's what I mean by having a cost to work section that really defines what that looks like. So if you're, you know, a cost plus builder, it's all your labor materials and trade partner payments plus X percent that includes, you know, and not limited to, and you list a bunch of the things. And it might sound silly to do that because you might say, well, it's all in the estimate, but here's the, you know, the reality. We all know that people don't read things. And we also know that homeowners don't know what they don't know and they need it. You know, so again, don't put the burden of knowledge on them. I think it's really important. Escalation clause absolutely needs to be in there. These are things that, you know, you definitely want to have as additions to your contract, get your lawyer to look over them. It's funny because over the past 16 months, Obviously, with all the clients I've been working with, we've been talking about these. We've been you know, making sure that they're in their contracts. And it's something I do with people when I start working with them is I always look over the contracts and give them advice for all the sections. And here are some sample verbiage, but then take this and go to your lawyer. And what's been really interesting is from across the country, from like, you know, West Coast to East Coast, down South and up to North, I've gotten a bunch of different reaction from, from lawyers, which is kind of the interesting... <laughs> 
experiment for me almost in a sense, <laughs> because I get to see just a difference of opinion across the board. Some lawyers that are were just like really opposed to the concept of a price escalation clause and hmm. the way that it was structured and all of that. And some that were very much, you know, obviously in favor of it and skewing it very heavily to the builder's favor. So it's been kind of interesting in that sense, but definitely having a price escalation clause is in there. And then the other thing I would say, whether it's in the cost of work section or not, but define what a cash allowance is. Make it clear for people, especially if you're in the fixed cost world, because we all know that there's so much ambiguity about what is included in a fixed cost contract and what's not included. Because really, when it's just a bag of money for a list of scope, that scope has got to be really clear. We've got to get incredibly specific and clear because it's the classic thing of, oh, I thought that was included when it, you know, when it wasn't. So, you know, those are kind of three things I would I would suggest that people go look at and make sure that they're in their contract. Yeah, like this is good advice. Yeah, and it's interesting to get that perspective from different lawyers. My my wife's a lawyer as well, and she always talks about with contracts, a good contract protects both parties. It it should be fair and should protect both parties. So, and I always liked that approach because yes, it should protect the business owner, but it should also protect the consumer. And I think if you can find that balance in there, then that that's a good place to live. You know, what's interesting is I was just talking with one of my clients this week, and I can't remember where it was, somewhere in the US, but I can't remember where it was. But we were having this conversation about, do you have your contract? Does it protect you as the builder? Like where on the the pendulum of risk does it sort of reside? You know, if if say the builder's on the left and the the homeowner's on the right, and I'm not talking politically speaking, I'm just (laughs) using it as a sliding scale here. Where is the center? Like where is that point of where your contract is? And it's a a really interesting thing. And I agree that, you know, it should always protect both sides because I've had both versions. You know, in Canada, we have our CCDC contract, which is the equivalent of the AIA in the US. And you know, the CCDC is very heavily skewed to favoring the architect and the homeowner and really puts the builder in the highest level of risk for the most part. Even our CCDC that does cost plus is also that way. Whereas the AIA can be is is there, you know, and there's obviously several versions of each one, but I agree, like having a contract and I recommend you have a, co- a custom contract and, and actually not use the ones that are from CCDC or AIA, but by definitely having it, I think it should be balanced because at the end of the day, it is a relationship business here and we're not looking to cheat anybody or anything like that. We're here to make a living and we're here to offer value and you know build, build people homes that they're going to live in with their families. So we want them to be protected, but obviously securing payment is you know the single biggest risk element that the majority of us have in the building industry. And so we have to have our interests protected for sure. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you 
pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Shifting gears a little bit, I'll share a little story because I was I was looking at an investment property, a builder, and they were doing a new townhome community. And we're here in Colorado Springs. And so we were doing a walkthrough on one of their models. And he said, I, and I, you know, being in the industry, I just was like, hey, what are you guys doing about like, you know, pricing on all these materials going up and down and all over the place? And he basically said that they had put in a clause, you know, if, you know, lumber goes up, then they'll basically say, hey, here's the new new price, you know, lumber's gone up or whatever. But he said then they're doing it both ways to protect, you know, basically framing it as to protect the the buyer. And if price goes down, then they can adjust it down. But I asked a couple of follow-up questions and reading between the lines, it basically was like, <laughs> price is not going down. <laughs> you know? um, but, but I was thinking about it after the fact and it was kind of like, well, if they sell sell one at 400 and one at 425 based on like different floor plans. And then lumber goes down like from 1800 back to 600. Like, are they really going to sell me one at 380 instead of 400? Like the, the other two people that bought, they're going to be super pissed off. And so it sounds like that's just going back into the margin, but just curious if you have any thoughts on, on that. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, you think of like these big box stores and they're like, they have like a 30 day price guarantee. So like you buy like a TV from them and they're like, if you see it either at another, you know, competitor or we do a sale or something like that, that, you know, we'll give you the difference or something like that. And, you know, that's that's kind of what it reminds me of. But it also reminds me of kind of this joke I've been running with, you know, and I've on my direct messaging with Instagram and a bunch of builders that I talk with, we've just been running these jokes about, when lumber has been going up like crazy, you know, and people have been talking, well, when will it start to come back down? When will it come down and all of that? It's like, well, picture all the heads of the lumber companies, all these, you know, big corporations, they're all sitting in a room and they're like, okay, guys, we had a really great run. You know, we made a ton of cash, you know, throughout this pandemic, but now it's time to give the people what they want. We got to, we got to lower down prices. Who's with me? And, you know, of course, <laughs> crickets in the room, right? Because everyone's just looking at the one guy saying it and saying, well, no, we're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to go back down. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. That's good perspective. I mean, yeah, you buy one at four or 420 and then all of a sudden, you know, lumber, you know, cuts in half. It's like, yeah, it's, you're going to start selling them at three and 320. And yeah, what are you going to do with the people that bought? And I, I think you had mentioned it's a smaller you know, community. So, you know, if it's not like a, you know, a housing start with two to 300 units where there's a little bit more distance, I would say, between the buyers, just in the sense that there's, you know, a larger pool of them, you know, a smaller development, it gets a little tricky to, <laughs> to kind of hide that in a way. So yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like too, like there's other, obviously other forces at work, like right now the demand is so high. And so, you know, if, if there was no demand, would prices go down? Like, sure, then then maybe I could see it. But the because the demand is so strong, it's kind of like there's no way that those, yeah. those prices will come down to the to the consumer, you know. So yeah, it, it felt like it was like, hey, this is a chance to make sure we're taking advantage of margin. Whereas that builder, they might have gotten beaten up on some of the earlier ones because we didn't see all this coming. And so anyway, yeah, I don't I don't know that I have the magic yeah. answer, but I just think it's interesting yeah. to kind of think through, okay, like. Yeah, what does that mean? And is there demand or is there, 
you know, or is there not? And how do you adjust, you know, pricing? Yeah. And I think, I think it's an interesting question too. Like we obviously, you know, we work with, you know, a lot of custom people as well, custom home builders and obviously remodelers and, you know, it's what are people doing with their margins now that say commodity prices are kind of going back down? Like say you price something 30 days ago, even where lumber was, whatever it was. And now, you know, it's cut in half in some places, you know, are you going back and adjusting that pricing? And, you know, I know from speaking to a lot of people throughout this year and really the past year and a half that, you know, a lot of people have gotten really killed on some of the margin when it comes to material escalation. And, you know, it's from not probably having or having the time or the systems in place to you know ensure that their estimates are being reflected with current pricing which was really hard to do because it's literally you know like changing every day like we all know wood's always been a commodity always is traded daily but it's never fluctuated like this at least in my experience in you know the past 21 22 years so but uh, yeah i imagine a lot of people got hurt you know, in this early part. So then, you know, you're going back and actually reducing it. And and I don't think there's any right or wrong here. I think it's just an interesting conversation because I recognize that like business isn't always equitable in a sense, right? Like there's, you'll make more on some jobs and you'll make less on others. It's about what it looks like in the wash. So I'm just, it's more of a question actually to the audience. Like, hey, what are you doing right now when you're, you know, looking at a job that you've already priced and signed and now lumber or commodity prices for materials are lower? Are you changing anything? with your pricing model, if you say if you're a fixed cost builder, if you're cost plus, of course it's cost plus. So that automatically, you know, kind of regulates itself. But yeah, yeah, just a thought. Yeah. And if you are fixed, you know, like to your point, I mean, if somebody agreed to the price that you said you were charging and they're happy with that and, you know, you signed and hey, the the lumber went in your favor, you know, in a way it's kind of like, okay, this one's going to help, you know, make up for those, the other ones. But on the other hand, because things are so crazy, Maybe by the time you buy the lumber, it comes back up anyway. Well, that's yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it too. So yeah, I mean that's a really good point. I mean, you go and you change something, thinking that you're doing the noble thing, and all of a sudden, you know, you turn around and you go to you know your supplier, and you know, flies back up to one hundred and eight dollars a sheet, and you're like, uh oh, <laughs> now, now I gotta, gotta go, go back. back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so you know, maybe we're better off to leave it where it's at. Yeah. And in a way, I think that that actually makes a lot of sense in most cases. And I don't know. Yeah. It's just, we won't go like down the whole inflation route, but I mean, I feel like that part of it just with like the amount of dollars being printed, we're just seeing like they're coming out with the CPI numbers and they're, you know, much higher. And some people suspect they're like double what people are saying because they're messing with the numbers or, you know, who knows. And, but I mean, it feels like, that's just going to push those commodity prices up, you know, more than down, you know, just over the long haul. So we'll see how it plays out. What are you seeing in terms of like delays for stuff and communication wise there, you know, because obviously that's another thing that's happening. It's, you know, delays. And I think some of them are real delays. And then I think some companies are just like, oh no, we're behind. We're just going to, you know, pull the card out and say, oh, it's delayed, you know, and and we've all just gotten used to accepting that, you know, for the last 15 months. And so it's, it's just happening a lot. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. It's like, you could define what delay looks like to the last point there. I mean, a delay is a delay. And if they're behind because of X, Y, Z, you know, variables, you know, there's the Canadian me, I said Z. Yeah, uh, not like, Z. where'd that come from? Spencer and I also tease each other because he said, you say rough and I say roof. 
So, you know, we, we always tease so, our, each other with our denunciations, but sit up as what my yeah. wife says. So, right. Okay. <laughs> on Some any days given day, I could say yeah. it differently. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I think a delay is a delay is the reality. So, some of the big things I'm hearing right now, not surprising probably, is millwork, like anything to do with kitchen cabinets. And so, one of the things that we started looking at just with all the clients I work with, and I started kind of bringing to the forefront about probably you know, 12 to 14 months ago was like, start thinking about the types of jobs that are going to become attractive as things continue to change. So start thinking outside the box. You might be, you know, someone that's doing, let's say outdoor projects. Obviously everyone last year was like, they couldn't, you couldn't make wood fast enough, basically anywhere you were. I mean, the shortages were insane. Everyone was stuck at home. Everyone wanted a new deck or a new this or whatever it was. And But start looking at the projects that are going to be more attractive. So when you start looking at... If you're a remodeler doing like main floor, you know, full remodels with kitchens, those ones may, you know, typically are a great project for you, but they may not, they may be less attractive right now because you might be in a three to four or five month delay to get the kitchen. And it all depends, of course, where you are, the the level of you know custom cabinetry, the size of the vendors that you're working with and all of that. And there's lots of variables there, but definitely that's one that I've seen quite often. I've actually heard it, you know, over the past two weeks, I've probably heard it about a half a dozen times from from clients. And so it's it's kind of an interesting thing just to think about, you know, how is that going to change? And then the communication to the customers, you know, again, it's an open and honest thing to say like, Here's some alternatives. Like this is what I recommend to people in general: is always come with alternatives if you can, even if they're not going to be the ones that a client's going to select. Like there are some pre-built options, and then et cetera, et cetera. But which may not be the right fit for them, especially say they've lived in the house for a long time and they've waited forever to do this kitchen. They're not going to want you know probably that type of finish. But nonetheless, providing people with some options and just you know communicating and saying like this is the reality of it, and it really doesn't make sense. I mean, the majority of my clients, and I'm sure everyone listening to this, you're not starting projects. You know, we've had a big shortage in LVL lumber, so you know here in Ontario. And so many of my clients, we do a lot of chop and tops, and you know I've talked about this before, but they haven't ripped off roofs because they haven't been able to get their specialty lengths of LVL, like twenty fours to you know say thirty footers, and there's no point in them starting. So that communicating that to people and and not getting into it and starting a project, of course, that you know you're going to have a demo kitchen, and then they're waiting for four months for the cabinetry. That wouldn't be very uh, proactive on our part for anybody, really. So. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, it feels like a lot of it just comes back to communicating to the customer so they know like, hey, this is the environment I'm getting into right now if I want to start this project. And Exactly. Um, yeah, so I guess as we think about wrapping here, like summarize this for us, like what are a couple takeaways and then maybe a couple things to be thinking about even if you know we don't have the magic answers today. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the stuff that we talked about is you know just kind of good advice in general in a sense you know as we we said some of the clauses that we talked about these aren't new i think they just came to the forefront because of what we all went through i think there was definitely you know some other stuff we didn't really talk about but just thinking about the what are the lessons that we learned or what were the efficiencies or things that we systemized that we got better at throughout the past 16 months and some of these things you actually you might have to think about because you may not recognize that well, because we couldn't go to the lumber store every day, we started bulking our orders together. And that's systems thinking at its core. And that's how you accelerate your productivity, you know, running any business, but especially in you know, remodeling or custom home building. 
And so thinking about those things, you know, and really questioning, you know, if you have team members and, you know, a bigger team, smaller team, whatever it is, talking to the people that you're working with and really trying to pull out some of those things and figuring out what we did really well and trying to leverage those. Obviously, we talked about, you know, some of those clauses that go into your contract, which was, you know, cost of work, defining cash allowances, and then escalation clauses. And, you know, to your point, we don't know right now, lumber's down, but now, you know, we don't know. It might go back up. And, you know, obviously cases are still, we're still in this thing and, you know, cases are kind of, they're down where I am, but they're up in other parts, you know, throughout the US and out West for me here in Canada too. So, you know, it's hard to say what's going to be for the future. So, you know, taking these lessons learned and, and trying to get them in there. And then, you know, that last point I just want to mention because, when we talk about production calendar, we talk about securing, you know, and reaching your gross revenue goals and your targets and keeping your team busy. We all know that fine line we walk between having enough work for the team members that we have and enough team members for the work that we have. So, you know, managing that sort of quotient or variable is really about looking at the opportunities that come across. And it's okay to step outside of what you feel you've always done well and that you really like to do to kind of respond to what the market's showing us right now. And so I think that's something for people to really consider as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a good summary and good takeaways. And Brian, you know the drill normally end with the fast five, but uh, <laughs> since you've been on the show a few times, I'm going to switch it up. So oh, no. <laughs> uh, first things first, how can people connect with you and that sort of thing? And then maybe leave us with a book recommendation for the rest of the year. All right. I like it. I like it. So people, it's pretty easy to, to find me. It's constructionconsulting.co. You can find me online. When you're there, there's a an academy button on the uh, top left of your screen there. And that's going to take you to a course that I'm just releasing in the next couple of weeks. And it is a course that's a build and profit system. It's basically all the lessons I learned over 21 years that I've packaged into a online course, but it's a live delivery. So we show up for live classes. I did a series of these last year and people just love getting into the same Zoom room and breakout groups with other remodelers and custom home builders from across the country, hearing what's worked for them and what hasn't worked for them and you know all their lessons learned. So it's a really great opportunity to really share those best practices with people that aren't in your region so that there's, you know, that there's no fear of competition or anything like that. But we, we really focus on getting you know productivity up. So focusing on the right things, getting out of the firefighting, getting off the hamster wheel, really you know dive into the financials as well. And then really, you know, as you know, if you've listened to any of the podcasts that Spencer and I have done before, I am just adamant about not working for free and not doing estimates for free. So that component of it and learning how to sell and translate that into selling your value is something that you know I did for over two decades as a remodeler and custom home builder and something that I'm just passionate about teaching people. So, you know, we go through all of that stuff. It's jam-packed and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, but yeah, that, that's how you can get in touch with me. And then book recommendation. I feel like I've been using one of them too often. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to mix it up and I'm going to use, let's go, let's go with, uh, if you haven't read Drive by Dan Pink, I think that that is a great book recommendation. I think a lot of people right now, you know, hey, since 1999, I've been dealing with this as well. And I'm sure you have if you've been around that long, but the labor shortage has always been a thing. And you know, not even so much a shortage, but engaging in your employees and having them feel like they're doing meaningful work and wanting them to show up and respond in your business the way that you will. And 
you know, in that book, it's not, it's, it's, it's actually quite a quick read. And it's, there's just a ton of actionable stuff there that really, I think, will help frame how you drive engagement with people and how you ensure that they're in the right seat on the bus and, and really going to represent the brand that you want them to. So yeah, if you haven't read Dan Pink's book, Drive, I, I highly recommend going and reading it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I like that recommendation for the rest of the year. And then, yeah, make sure you guys go head over to the website constructionconsulting.co and check out the academy. There's there's a ton of good stuff in there. So, and you said that's releasing pretty soon here. Yeah, we're going to start live August 10th, and so I think at the time of this recording, yeah, we are our doors are open, so you can go and check it out, and it'll take you to a page that kind of walks through everything. And then there's a couple buttons on that page if you want to book a call with me, and you know if you're not sure and you want to ask me some questions, go ahead and hit that that button and uh, fill out a form, and we'll hop on a call and see if it's a good fit for you. Cool, cool. Well, sounds good. And Brian, yeah, thanks for getting on and chatting about all all this fun stuff we're going through right now. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Spencer. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that one with Brian. Always enjoy having him on the show. He's got just a lot of good thoughts around how to approach things and he definitely has the experience to back it up. And so I'd highly recommend you go check out the the new course he's been putting together. I've actually been bouncing ideas off of him and and mostly mostly just tracking along with his progress on this, but he's put a lot a lot of work into it. And I, I'm pretty excited for him to, to release it out into the world. I think it's going to help a lot of companies make more money, improve their efficiencies, and just gain some more you know time and money freedom back in their businesses and their lives. So constructionconsulting.co, and then go click the Academy button and uh, learn more. And you can always just reach out to him directly. Let him know that we, uh, we sent you from uh, Builder Funnel Radio. But Brian did a good job of summarizing kind of takeaways. You know, open and honest communication is a big one. Just communicating to customers before, during, and after the sale about what's going on and what could happen, and and just being their partner through the the crazy times. And then making sure you have good language and clauses in your contracts that protect you, but also protect your customer. Because at the end of the day, you want a harmonious outcome, whatever that may be on both sides. So with that in mind, we will see you guys next time here on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.